0: What's up, church? Man, you guys look absolutely amazing. Are you excited to be here? Come on. I am glad to hear it. Uh, Malvis, you guys help me out. Let's welcome our church family, all of our other campuses, those watching online, and the guys at Holman and Fountain Correctional. Can you guys help me? Let's welcome our church family. It's so great to have you guys with us today. One family, many rooms, and it is so good to be together today, and I'm excited that I get to kick off this series. Um, one quick thing that I wanted to throw in there real fast is that in just a couple of weeks, we are kicking off Summer at City Hope. Um, how many of you guys remember last year? Summer at City Hope was a blast, right? We had fun. Um, Just all kinds of random things throughout the summer We're going to do events and some fun Um, And then of course some of our staff pastors are going to be preaching Which is absolutely so much fun Um, So that kicks off the last weekend of June I don't want you to miss that I don't want you to miss one week of it It's going to be absolutely incredible So much fun Um, And then we've got some good serve projects Worked in throughout the entire summer So uh, we're going to have fun together We're going to be uh, generous We're going to have fun It's going to be a blast So do not miss that all right, I'm going to jump into This I Know Week 1, um, and let me just, let me just say um, I'm really excited about this series, um, and I'll, I'll kind of let you know in a second why, but uh, let, me, let me kick it off like this. Let me just tell you guys a little something about me. I love roller coasters. I don't, I don't know if anybody else, anybody else like roller coasters? Just, just Yeah, you just got this thing. I think for some of us, like we love roller coasters, and then there's a line that you can cross to where you're bananas about roller coasters where you're just a fanatic. we got any fanatics in the house that are just crazy about roller coasters? I don't know that I'm that far, but I'm somewhere there near that line. Um, I absolutely love them, love them, love them. And I, it doesn't matter to me how high, doesn't matter to me how fast, doesn't matter to me how many corkscrews, how many loop-de-loops. Um, you know, the ones that launch you out, there's the ones in the dark. They're all amazing, absolutely amazing. And because I'm so passionate about it, it's one of those kind of things, and if you're a parent, you may kind of get this, that, that you want to kind of bring your kids in on. Like, you want, to, you want to teach them. You want to kind of bring them into this thing that, so, so, so that you can have this shared experience with your, with your child. And so a few years ago, we went to Disney World, and this has been probably four years ago, something like that. So my oldest daughter, Bella, she was six or seven, somewhere around there. And I thought this was the perfect age, the perfect time... To bring her into this thing that I love so much, like we were going to have this shared experience, this bonding moment, this incredible, incredible thing. Um, and before you get too far down the road, I did not put her on some crazy monster roller coaster. I started her off easy. We just we went this little kids roller coaster, and it was super simple. And um, from the ground, at least, we just kind of thought, wow, this is this is going to be sweet. It's going to be cute. It's going to be lovely. Um, and so, Bella and I get on, the little chick chick the little lap bar closes, you know, and we're still smiling. Everybody's happy. Everybody's excited. Dad's happy. Bella's happy. Everybody's happy. And I'm not going to, I'm not lying to you. The moment the car began to move, she went from pure joy to pure terror. And 0.2 seconds. I mean, it was like so fast. And for the next 45 seconds or minute and a half or an hour and a half, however long them dang things are when your kid's screaming, it was brutal. It was horrible, but her screams were not the worst thing. It was her facial expression. Like, I will never forget. I don't even have that great of a memory, but this is like, it is imprinted on my memory, the look of her face, because it was sheer terror. And immediately I won the Dad of the Year award. like it was like, it was like official. I just did it, I just won it, um, but it was horrible because I could do nothing and she 's looking at me going, "Dad, do something, like stop this thing, get me off this thing, something, but it would not happen i' see, I love roller coasters, and she had a terrible experience and for most of us in this room, we probably like roller coasters. you like the adrenaline, the rush, the fear, the uh, you know, all the stuff that comes along with it but That's in the physical. That's in the external. Each and every one of us have experienced an internal roller coaster. Something on the inside of us that nobody likes. It doesn't matter how much of a roller coaster junkie you are, nobody likes the internal roller coaster. No one likes the, 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 the insides of us, our, our, our mind and our emotions and our, and our heart of hearts, like deep within our soul, riding this emotion roller coaster that we go on. And, and so many of us, we experience this on a daily basis, on a monthly basis, on a yearly basis. And, you know, random day, you just, you lock in, you get ready to ride, and you think it's going to be awesome, and you think it's going to be wonderful— and then all of a sudden, the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. All of a sudden, something happens on the inside of you. And all of a sudden, your day is in shambles. Your week is in shambles. And you just go, I don't even know how I got here. And then there are days when you're just high and life is awesome. And you're just riding. And you Wee, this is a blast. This is fun. And then all of a sudden, at the drop of a hat, something can change. And it can just wreck the inside of you. I'm not talking about the external storms. I'm not talking about the financial problems. I'm not talking about the marital problems. I'm not talking about the, the job issues. I'm not talking about external storms that will come and go. I'm talking about the inside of you. I'm talking about your, your emotions, your, 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 the anxiety, the insecurity, the fear, the worry that we each and every one of us deal with that can just take the life out of us before we even know it. That just when we think this ride of life is going to be great, it's going to be awesome, this is going to be so much fun, and then boom, it's gone. And I'm personally living in a season very much like this, where I have felt weeks and weeks of just unrelenting insecurity, if I can just be real honest with you. Where I have dealt and I've battled with these things so much that honestly today, let me just say it this way, today... I'm not preaching to you, I'm preaching to me. Because today, this message is something that is inside of me from a very, very personal standpoint. It's very, very real to me right now because this roller coaster is so real. It's so in my face every single day. And so, this message very much is for me. And here's what I know. And here's what I know to be very, very true is that when God looks at each and every one of us, he sees something very different from what I know. Does that make sense? When God looks at me, what he sees in me is not what I see in me. The this I know that he has for me is completely different than the this I know for myself. And there's this massive divide. There's this massive gap between what he knows and what I know. And most of us live somewhere, those of us that are believers, we live somewhere in the middle. We live somewhere in this crazy gap between what he actually knows and believes and what we actually know and believe. And if you're a believer, you've, you've tapped into a little bit of this and a little bit of that and you've caught a little bit. But for the most part, we live ping-ponging back and forth in this great divide, in this space. And if we could fully embrace what God knows about us, if we could fully embrace who he says that we are, then the ups and the downs of our life would level out, of our emotions, of our insides, of our anxiety, of our depression, of our fear, of our worry. Those things would level out if we could fully and completely tap into what he knows to be true about me and you. And so much of this, the battle of this starts in our mind. It starts in the way we think. It starts in the way we, we live from our mind. And it's interesting to me that most of us, and I you know, we'll just say most of us. I don't want to throw us all in this, but most of us, it's not hard for us to believe what God said in the Bible. It's not hard for us to believe the stories and the, and the accounts and the miracles. Like, most of us have no problem believing that. Now, I know there are some people in the room that are still maybe a skeptic, or maybe you haven't crossed that line yet of salvation and fully embracing Christ. And I respect that. I completely—I I, I realize that you may not believe every written word in the Word of God, but a lot of us in the room, we do. A lot of us in the room, we can look at God's hand on someone else, and we can go, Wow. I believe that in that person. I believe what God's doing in that person. Look at the gift. Look at the strength. Look at what God's pulling out of that person to do. Man, that's amazing. That's incredible. We believe that, but most of us, the majority of us, have a hard time believing what he says about me, about you, about ourselves. We look out and we go, yep, yep, that's God. Man, look at God, look at God, look at God, look at God. But when it comes to me, we go, eh, I don't know, maybe. Maybe. Right? We don't fully embrace, we don't fully grab hold of what he says about us. And the problem begins in our mind. And I'll say it this way, I want to kind of give you four statements about the mind and about the way we think. And the first one is this, the way that you think about yourself is one of the most powerful forces in your life. The way you think about yourself, what you believe to be true about yourself is one of the most powerful forces in your life. What do you think about yourself? What are the things that you think? What are the things in your mind? Because most likely what he knows and what you know are two completely different things. When you think about yourself, do you think you're good enough? Do you think you can handle this and you can handle that? Or I'm just not a good enough parent. Or I wish I was better at work. I wish I was as good as that guy. Man, he's so stinking good. Why is he always so much better than me? Right? Is that, or are those our thoughts? Because our thoughts are one of the most powerful forces in our life. How do you see yourself? What do you believe to be true about yourself? And the next statement is this: is our actions, decisions, and emotions are the result of what we believe about ourselves. It stems from it; its birth there. The things that we think about ourselves constantly, all the time, our strongest thoughts—they ultimately they reveal themselves, they manifest themselves through our actions, our decisions, and our emotions in our everyday life. That's why our thoughts are so powerful; they're so important. And most of us, we don't even know where those thoughts originated from. We, we don't even know where that negativity or where that problem or where that, that deceptive thought that we've been dealing with for so long, where it even came from. But yet we've bought into it. Why? Because our thoughts are so strong and so powerful that it leads us there. Proverbs 23, 7 says it this way. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think in your life, as you think in your heart, as you think in your mind, as you mull it over, as you, as you process over and over again, that's what you end up being, becoming. That's who you are. The next statement is this, is how we think about ourselves is directly connected to what we've allowed to define us. It's directly connected to what you've allowed, I've allowed to define me. It, it's what I think is the most important thing about me. It's the thing that I'm most wanting or I'm most needing. It's what matters the most to me. It defines me. Here's a quick list of what these things could be. It could be simply your family, your family of origin or, your, or the culture of your family that you grew up in. And your, your, your identity, the definition of your life, the foundation of your life is tied back to being a part of that family. Well, this is how we did life. This is how we operated. This is the way we, we approached these things. This is the way we spoke to one another. Our, our, our identity is tied back to something like that. Or maybe it's, maybe it's words that were spoken over you. Or maybe a label that was put on you. Something from years ago or something from just a few weeks ago that you just can't shake. Someone says something to you. And for weeks now, that's all you're thinking about is, is that thing that's been said. And right now, that's what matters the most to you. You're defined by it. It's tied you up. Or maybe it's successes or failures. Maybe what defines you what matters the most is, is just more and more of this. Or maybe it's this that happened years ago or last week or 10 years ago or whatever, this massive failure. Or maybe it's just a string of failures that now your life is defined by, I'm just a failure. I keep messing up. I can't get it together. When am I ever going to get my act together? When am I ever going to be able to do something right? Or it's success and I'm just, I've got to get more. I've got to have more. There's another level, there's another rung on the ladder, there's something else that I can do and I've got to have success. Maybe it's the right career. And your, your, the, your identity, your life is wrapped up. What the most important thing to you is, is what I do for a living or maybe your education or the kind of education you want to get or the right school, whatever it is. And man, if, if that happens, then all else is perfect, is wonderful. Right? Or maybe it's status, social, financial, relational status. Maybe it's the circle of friends you're around. Maybe it's having the right amount of money. Whatever it is, but this defines us. Or maybe it's comparison. Maybe it's comparison or competition with other people. Or it's looking for the approval of others. I, I, I would I would venture to guess that more than half of this room, this right here, this approval of others defines the way we think and what we think about us. Because if I could just get somebody to pat me on the shoulder, if I could just get somebody to notice that I'm doing a good job, if I could just get somebody to notice that that I'm okay, hey, that I'm just as good as that person that I'm going to make it just like they're going to make it, then my life will have worth and have meaning and I will have identity. Because this defines us. We want, we, we want someone else to look at us and go, you're valid. You're good. You're right. And it defines us. And so much of our life comes from this. The problem with this list, the problem with these things, isn't that they're necessarily bad things. Right? I mean, obviously, you could go extremes and you could find bad things, but it's not necessarily the problem that the list is bad. The problem is that all of these things are variables. All of these things fluctuate. All of these things are fluid. They go up and they go down like a roller coaster. And when our thought life and our identity and our, the very foundation of our being is attached to something that goes up and down, guess what your heart does? It goes up and down. If my, if my life is all about success, and man, I, all I think about is I got to get the next job, I got to get the next thing, I got to get that big sell, and if I could just get the next one, and the next one, and success, and success, and success, and when failure happens, because it will happen, and we all know that to be true, what happens to my identity? What happens to who I am? It falls flat on the floor because this is what defines me, right? Does everybody make sense? The same thing with approval of others, which is such a big thing that I work for that and I strive for that and I need that, but when I don't get that, what happens? The rug gets taken out from underneath us. And we just feel like, well, I just don't guess I'm good enough to do anything then. I'm just, I mean, you know what? I mean, I don't even know if I, if I should be here. I don't even know that I should be doing what I'm doing. I mean, I, I, can't get, I can't get anybody to approve. I can't get anybody to pat me on the shoulder. Why? Because our identity, the core of who we are, is attached to something that moves up and down. And that's not the way we were wired. That's not the way we were built. Let me say this last statement. Whatever defines you determines the strength of your foundation. Whatever you think about the most, whatever matters the most, whatever defines your life determines the strength of your foundation. The strength of the life that you have internally, so much begins in the mind. The mind is one of the most powerful forces that we have. And each and every one of us, we have two places that we can look for our identity. We can look vertical. We can look to Jesus Christ. We can look to what he says about us, what he knows about us, what he has spoken over us, what he believes to be true when he created us, when he birthed us, when he made us. We can look to him vertically or we can look horizontally. And this is what most of us do. This is the default of our fallen man, is that we look horizontally, we shop circumstances and situations and relationships, and we look for something else to, be, to attach ourselves to, to attach our identity to. We rarely ever look vertical. And if we do look vertical, it's for a short period of time. We look up, we come to church, we look up, we worship, we hear God, we listen to God, we listen to the Word of God, and then immediately we go back to our real life, and the horizontal smacks us upside the head. And all of a sudden, that list of things that I had up there, all of a sudden, they're very real again. And all of a sudden, I'm worried about what he thinks, and all of a sudden, I'm worried about, i got to get that next thing, and I've got to be okay with this and okay with that. And all of a sudden, our identity is gone again. The goal here is for what we believe to be what he believes. To be true about us. Colossians 3, 1 through 3 says this. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. Look up, look up, look up where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, not on the things that are horizontal, but on the vertical things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. What a beautiful picture. That our life is now hidden. It's fully enveloped in Christ Jesus. That's vertical identity. That's vertical. This is who we are. And then Monday morning, we step out of the envelope. We step out of being with Christ. And we step back into this horizontal connection. And we're worried about everything else instead of going, no, no, no. This is who I am. If I can remember who I am in Christ, if I can remember that vertical connection... Then it will make all the difference in my life and I will fully be able to run and be the man of God that I'm, that I'm called to be. And only in that place. <laughs> the everyday goal of my life and the everyday goal of your life should be for what he knows, for what he knows about me to become true of what I know about me. For there to be a sink and a connection between what he knows and what I know. That should be the goal of my life. And so I wanna take this week and next week, and we're gonna kinda unpack this. I've got three things that I wanna share with you that I believe are required. You have to have these in your life for this to happen. Have to. And I'm only gonna cover two today, and I'll unpack the third one next week. But the first one is this it requires a daily sink of what he knows. It requires a daily sync, a daily download, a daily connection. We all know what this word means, right? We all sync our phones, right? We all connect it, right? I I put my phone on my desk and I connect it to my larger computer. Whatever I change, whatever I do there, it automatically syncs to my phone. Every single day, I need to be in sync with God. I need to be connected with God so that what He knows is now what I know. Every single day. Every single day, there has to be this kind of connection. If you're a parent, you know this to be true, that when your kid kind of gets out of line a little bit, or there's something that you just don't like, we like to call them grow talks, right? Or it's a, it's a, it's a disciplinarian type talk, and you sit down, and you, most of you have probably had this conversation where you look at your kid and you go, honey, that, that's not you. What you did over there, that's not really you. That's not really the way you think. That's not really the way you feel. You've got more compassion in you than that. You're kinder than that. That's not really you. You're not that harsh. Right? We've all had this kind of sermon where we just look at our kid, and we go, baby, that's not you. Why would you act like that? Why would you do that? That's just not you. This is who you are. This is who you are. This is who I, as your father, know you to be. Every single day, we have to have that connection with God the Father. We have to have that kind of connection where we're in the place for him to download, for him to give us that type of information. So every single day, we know fully who he is and who we are in him. And there's, here's the reason why it has to be every single day. And I love the way Henry Nouwen put it. I think it's the best way. He, he says this is one of the great tragedies of life is that we are always forgetting who we really are. We'll call it identity amnesia. That as you go through life, when you disconnect for just a moment from the Father, when you disconnect just a moment from being enveloped in Christ, when you disconnect just a moment, there's an identity amnesia, and you immediately attach yourself to something horizontal. You immediately attach yourself to something else or someone else or whatever it is that defines you. You have to stay perfectly and, and, and consistently connected to the Father so that you're reminded every single day, no, 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 this is who you are. Remember what I said last week? Remember what I said yesterday? Remember what I said every single day? You're like, this is who you are. This is what, This is the reason you were built. This is the way you are wired. This is why I put you on this planet. And he's constantly speaking those things over to you. Every single day, I need to be reminded that I need the cross of Jesus Christ. Every single day, I need to be reminded that I need the grace of Jesus Christ. Every single day, I need to remember that my salvation is free, that he freely gave it to me. Every single day, I need to be reminded that I am chosen, that he looked at me and he picked me. Every single day, I need to be remembered that my identity and my purpose is in him. And the moment that I disconnect from that, all of a sudden, I begin to think that my identity and purpose is in something else. It's so vital that every single day, we stay connected to him, that there is a daily sync And what he knows to what I know. Let me say one one last thing on this. Just one of those kind of interesting observations. That most of us have no problem investing and improving on our external lives. We have no problem investing time, energy, and resources into looking better. Right? Praise the Lord. All of you look as best you can. Praise God. Let's do that. Okay, go work out, awesome, let's do it, right? But we spend money on the gym, we spend money on vitamins and supplements, we spend money on beauty products, we spend money on, on as simple as haircuts and clothing and all this stuff that we spend money on. Why? So that from the outside, somebody looks at me and goes, okay, they got their life together. Okay, that, that, that dude looks pretty sharp, right? We do that because we want that, but how many of us invest time, energy, and resources into our inside man, into our internal man? I mean, a lot of us in the room, it's no thing to go spend an hour at the gym every day. But how often do you sit down for 15 or 20 minutes with your Savior King and get a daily download and just connect with him in, in a quiet place where you just disconnect, right? Because are, are you investing that kind of time and energy into that relationship? Or Are there other things that you could be doing to invest into the internal man? Because whatever's happening on the inside of you is really what's going to come out on the outside. It's really what's going to affect the outside. All the stuff you're doing on the outside, it's not going to help you get the right job. It's not going to help you fulfill your purpose in God. It's not going to help you be everything that God has called you to be. Only when the inside you is right, only when the inside you is healed, only when the inside you is fully connected to Jesus Christ, then you can be who he's called you to be. Invest in that. Put energy in that. Put time in that. Every single day, God, I'm going to go before you. I'm going to be reminded that, that without you, I'm nothing. Without you, I'm nothing. Every single day, I'm, 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 I'm going to be reminded that you picked me, that you chose me, that you, that you built me, that you wired me, that you designed me. From the beginning of time, you put me and you said, this is going to be his purpose. There it is. Go. From the beginning of time, I have to be reminded of that every single day from his heart. So what does that time look like? It looks like whatever I've got to do to silence the world so that I can hear God. Whatever I've got to do to get in the place, into the, in the atmosphere, in the presence of God and worship and reading his word and meditating on his grace, meditating on his, on his life. Whatever I have to do to get into a place where, man, there's a download, there's a sync with God the Father every single day and I fully embrace him. Without that, I don't think we can fully live from the identity that Christ gives us from who he says we are. It requires a daily sync. The second thing is this. It requires preaching his truth to yourself. It requires, once I get his truth, I got to preach it to myself. All day long, son. You know what I'm saying? All day long. Because what's going to happen is the moment this 15, 20, 30 hour is over, and I walk back out into my real world, guess what hits me upside the forehead is horizontal stuff. All these old things that used to define my reason for existence. And if I'm not constantly preaching to myself the truth of what I found out here, then I can forget about it. I'm toast. It's done. All I'm going to do is this. Woo, man, my quiet times are good, and then the day happens. And then, woo, when I spend some time with God, it's amazing, and then it happens, right? And we just end up on this roller coaster because we can't decide that what he says about us is what we really want to latch on to and attach ourselves to and believe with all of our heart. And it requires us to preach to ourselves. Why do we have to preach to ourselves? Because there is no one more influential in your life than you. There is no voice that speaks to you that's more influential than you. Because you are in a never-ending, 24-7 conversation with yourself. I'm not calling you all crazy, okay? But you, you know your mind is constantly running. It's constantly thinking. You're constantly telling yourself things about your emotional state, your mental state, your personality, your purpose in life, and what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And I really don't like that person, but I really do like this person. And your mind is constantly telling you these things. So why wouldn't we align our mind with what his truth is, what he knows to be true? So that every single day when I'm in that moment and all of a sudden my life is is trying to attach itself to something horizontal and I'm trying to think approval of man, this is what I need. I need someone to pat me on the back. I can go, no, 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 wait a minute, self, you listen to me, pal. You don't need their approval because you've got God's approval. Jesus Christ is looking at you right now and he's pleased at you. But it requires that in those moments I stop and I preach to myself. A year or so ago, we were we were um, the staff was all gathered and I was going to be given kind of a leadership talk and um, it was it was kind of a big deal. It was a lot of vision and a lot of stuff that I was looking forward to sharing. And <clears throat> excuse me, um, I got emotional right here at the last service. I'm gonna try not to this time. Um, but I'm sitting there and I'm I'm about to go. I'm about to share to our entire team. And the whole team's there, you know, we're all in the room and someone's kind of opening the meeting up and I'm getting ready. And, and as I'm sitting there with literally everyone kind of felt like they were all looking right at me, my voice in my head began to speak to me and began to say, who the heck do you think you are going to get up there and talk to all these people? You're not good enough. You don't know enough to go. Who do you think you are? Why in the world would they think you should be the one that's up there talking to everybody? And I'm paralyzed. I'm in this moment, and I'm literally paralyzed. My, my, my palms are sweating. There's anxiety. There's all this stuff that's just, like, all of a sudden, I'm locked down. And I'm two, three minutes away from, from having to step up and speak, and speak to our team. And in that moment, the only thing that I could do was begin to preach to myself. I just began to just talk. Because that morning, God had downloaded something in my spirit. God had told me who I was. God had given me a word for this team. And that's all I knew. I, I, I knew what my flesh was saying. I knew what my mind was saying. I knew those things, that story that it was trying to tell me. But I also knew what the Father had told me. And the only way that I could get this guy to be convinced by this guy was to preach to this guy. Was for this side of me to go, no, no, no. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sit down. Sit down. You listen to me right now. This is who I'm called to be. This is the word of the Lord that he's put inside me. This is what I'm here to do right now. Mm. 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 And it was only because of that that I could stand up and I could speak. The enemy tried to get me. My own mind tried to get me, tried to sabotage me. But because of who God said I was, what he knows to be true. And when I reminded myself, I preached it to myself, I said, absolutely not. I'm not going to bow down to this any longer. This is not who I am. This is who I am. This is what he's called me to be. I love 2 Corinthians 10. We capture their thought, their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. I love this picture. I love this picture of capturing thoughts that are rebellious. They do not line up with God. I capture them. I grab them. As soon as I think, I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me, let me pull that one back in. mm No. And then I love that it says, that Paul says, teach them to obey Christ. I get this picture, right, of a parent teaching their child Sitting them down on a couch and going, no, 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 wait a minute. That's not, that's not how we're going to do that. That's not how we're going to act. We don't treat our sister that way. We're not going to treat the neighbor kid that way. We're not going to do this. You know, when you're on the ball field, we're, 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 we're going to be honoring. We're going to be kind. You know, whatever it is, we're going we're to teach them. But we don't teach them one time. Got to get a good old amen, right? How many times do you have to tell your kid that ain't how we're going to do it? over and over and over and over. And this is the picture that I get is when that thought crosses my mind, I've got to grab it, i got to capture it, and then i got to teach it. No, nah, son, no, no, nah, nah, this is what the Word of God says. This is who he told me I am. So you shut it, sit down, be quiet, right? And you immediately catch it, you bring it in, and you say, no, no, this is who I am. But if you're not getting the daily sync from God, if you're not getting that identity from Him, then how can you do that? It's just going to end up being stale. It's going to end up being something that's not real. And eventually you're going to look horizontal for it. Because it's got to be fresh in your heart every single day. Let me say one last statement, and then I'm going to begin to wrap up. Your strongest thoughts will determine your destination. Your strongest thoughts, the thoughts that you think of often and they're strong, and they're in you, and they're all about your mind, and they're constantly there, they are going to end up determining where you wind up. If the bullseye of your life is your purpose, your thought life is what gets you there. The way you preach to yourself, the way you remind yourself, the way you bring it all the way back to, no, no, this is what God says. God's got a purpose, God's got a plan for me. Our strongest thoughts determine our destination. Romans 8, 5 and 6 says this, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. Sin here, if you boil it all the way down, it's self. It's selfish. It's just self. So if you're dominated by self and what I want, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. Now watch this. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Life and peace feel like stability for me. It feels like a solid foundation, right? It feels like something that I want to be a part of. Life and peace where my, my, my whole heart, my whole life is connected to Him fully. Not that my mind has taken off and I'm thinking selfish things. I'm thinking what I want. I'm looking for approval. I'm looking for something else. Now I'm going to think about what the Spirit wants me to think about. I'm going to focus on Him completely. Let me wrap up with these three questions I want you to think about. Are you excited about the direction your thoughts are taking you? Quick yes or no. Are you excited about the, are you excited about the direction your thoughts are taking you? And the second question is this. What negative and harmful thoughts are dominating your thinking? What are those thoughts? What are the ones that you go, man, I got to stop thinking like that. I got to stop thinking that I'm not enough. I got to start thinking that I'm not a good enough parent. I got to start thinking, "I I can't keep pulling myself down in this stuff. And then the third thing is this, is what truth from God about who you really are will demolish those thoughts? What truth is it? What is it that you need to preach to yourself and remind yourself every single day? This is for you and God. This is for your personal time with God to go sit and go, Okay, God, what truth from you do I need to get every single day that I can remind myself and I can preach to myself and I can come back to every single day? No, no, no. This is who I am. This is what I'm called to be. This is who I was put on this earth to be. Right? There are scriptures. There are all kinds of things that you can find. I would recommend this. I would recommend you in your private time. When you're alone with God, begin writing some sort of a daily confession. Something that when these thoughts attack you, you can pull out a note on your phone and go, wait a minute, hold up. And you can begin reading a confession over yourself. Something that's scripture and the word of God that he's spoken to you, and just where, all, the, all that time that you spent with him, you channel it into something that every single day you come back to. No, no, no. God, this is who you said I am. This is why you put me here. You gave me a purpose, you chose me. I'm a masterpiece. I'm redeemed, I'm saved, I am here for a reason. And you come back to that every single day and you remind yourself of that as often as you possibly can. But if you don't get a daily sync with God, then I feel like it's all gonna fall apart. Without that daily sync, eventually the horizontal begins to take over and eventually you begin to look outside and you begin to look for other things to connect. Daily sync with God and then preaching it to yourself and the third thing we'll come back to next week and we'll unpack it. Let me wrap up with one final statement. Just sum up the whole thing real quick. When you have identity amnesia, when you forget who you really are, you'll look horizontally for what you've already been given in Christ. What a shame that is. That Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, your Savior, has already given you so many things in your life, freely given you. And what happens when we forget who we really are is we trade that for some horizontal thing to fix us, to fill us, to identify us, to define us. But here's Jesus Christ who's just giving you everything. He's given you a purpose. He's redeemed you, he's saved you. And if he's not saved you, he can today, right now. Right now you can completely give your life to him. And you can can begin to hear from him what he thinks about you, who you really are. Not what the world tells you you are, not who your parents told you you are, not who some coach told you you are, not who in your own mind you think you are. No, 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 he will stop you in your tracks and he'll say, no, listen to me, look at me, this is who you really are. I don't know everyone that this message is for, but I know it's for me. And in a minute, our pastors are going to come. They're going to, for those of you that want to be, um, that wanna become a Christ follower, that want to give your heart to Jesus, they're going to lead you in that. But what I want to do first is for the entire room and every environment, every, every computer you're watching online or at the prison, wherever you are right now, if this is like, yep, yeah, I needed this today. This is exactly where God's got me. I needed to hear this. I needed to understand this. I don't even want you to raise your hand. I just want to pray over you. I want you just to hold your hand out like this. I don't want you to receive this prayer. And then we're going to wrap up and we're going to get out of here. But, man, if you just feel like, man, I needed this today. God needed to remind me who I really am. Let's pray. Jesus, right now, in this moment, God, invade our space. May the presence of the Holy Spirit be so real and so alive right now. God, that you would just continue to open up our hearts and do surgery on our hearts. God, that right now we would hear your voice. We would hear the reminder from you of who we really are. God, that we wouldn't just think that church is enough, we wouldn't just think that singing a few worship songs is enough, but God that we would realize that every single day we need to be in your presence every single day we need to be connected to you, every single day we need to hear you say I'm proud of you son I'm proud of you daughter you're an amazing man you're an amazing woman, you've got a purpose, you've got a plan, I pray God speak that over us every single day that we would be fully connected to you So that, God, as we step foot out into our world, that we would be able to preach that truth to ourselves, to remind ourselves. Because we are the most influential voice in our own life. What we think is actually what happens. And, Lord, I just pray that this is what we think. This is what we dwell on. We dwell on what you say about me so that I can live the life you called me to live. In Jesus' name, amen.